time for Healthy Talk Radio. By the powers vested in me, by the Federal Communications Commission. Coming to you live from the headquarters of the Global Health Network and across the world wide web. <gasps> Computers can do that? It's America's longest running radio program dedicated to your health and wellness. What's taking place here is an alternative approach. Now, the woman who's changing the face of health care each and every day. That's the fact, Jack! Here's Deborah Ray. Good day. Welcome to Healthy Talk Radio. I'm uh, Deborah Ray. Well, doctors uh, in Australia credit vodka. In fact, they brought a whole case of vodka for saving the life of an Italian tourist who had unwittingly ingested a large amount of ethylene glycol, that poisonous substance found in antifreeze that caused him renal failure. He was unconscious. They immediately treated him with pharmaceutical-grade alcohol. When they ran out, they ran for a case of vodka. A lot to share with you today from our Healthy Pet Talk segment. Yes, Dr. Wacky, veterinarian Dr. Eric Witherspoon joins us today to talk about your pet's uh, skin, dermatologic conditions. We'll also talk about beginning with ribose for energy production. Tom Vonderbrink joining us today to talk about uh, some of the latest research and clinical practice to back up ribose for chronic fatigue syndrome and fibromyalgia. Your health Healthcare questions as always, right here on Healthy Talk Radio. Now the news and views about the news you won't hear anywhere else. The Healthy Talk Radio News Digest. Today's New England Journal of Medicine. Just keep in mind, the experts say, in fact, the editorial that is written by Dr. Ann Moore of Wild Cornell Medical College says, quote, oncologists, cancer doctors, have a responsibility to their patients to be aware of this report, unquote. What are they taking a look at? A study, in fact, this was an original study involving more than 3,000 women whose breast cancer had spread to nearby lymph nodes, but not widely throughout the body. So who are we talking about? We're talking about one in four of women breast cancer patients in this country. Researchers tested Taxol. They gave it after the surgery to remove the breast cancer. And in conjunction with treatment with some of the chemotherapy drugs like adromycin and cytoxin, what did they find? that the widely used, the standard of care when it comes to breast cancer in this country, Taxol, quote, does not work for the most common form of breast cancer, unquote. And Taxol helps far fewer patients than has been widely believed. The most significant aspect, don't let it get you down, don't let it confuse you and overwhelm you, is that the days of one-size-fits-all therapy for patients with breast cancer, quote, are coming to an end, quote, according to Dr. Moore's comments in today's New England Journal of Medicine, that we are best served by working with physicians who, why they might be knowledgeable and aware of standard of care, deal with us as individuals, Acknowledge our own individual genetic uh, closet. We know that we can actually have gene tests now to determine whether or not we'll even respond to chemotherapy, particularly for breast cancer. 
we know that we have individual nutritional immune system needs. So, it was the gold standard. And unfortunately, it's going to be a long time before this falls out of clinical practice. But, quote, Taxol doesn't treat common breast cancer. And because the long-term side effects, which uh, 18% of women had neurological side effects for years after taking Taxol, many of us might say, gee, the risk outweigh the benefits. Well, the American Dental Association has changed its policy. They are now recommending the best management procedures for dental offices. Best management procedures. Makes you think that uh, they're viewing dentistry as only a business, (laughs) not a, a service for patients. Is to include mercury separators in the dental office. A, an about change, a major change, policy change by the American Dental Association, appearing to acknowledge that much of the mercury in our environment comes from dental offices, the American Dental Association changing their policy. Well, it's from the British Journal of Medicine, DNA Repair Phenotype and Dietary Antioxidant Supplementation. What they took a look at is repair activity when DNA becomes oxidized in human cells. What they found was significant, that after supplementing with vitamin C, only the male smokers supplemented with the slow-release vitamin C had increased DNA repair activity that we know that individuals who optimize antioxidant intake, lots of nutrient-rich fresh fruits and vegetables, beans and legumes, and supplement wisely, are much less likely to have diseases of oxidative stress, like allergy and asthma and even cancer. Vitamin C helps to repair DNA That's why many practitioners will say, if you need a scan, an x-ray, a CT scan, um, a, a fluoroscopic procedure, you may want to protect your DNA with vitamin C before that procedure. It comes from the Journal of European Surgical Research, supplementation with high dose ascorbic acid. Yeah, we're talking about vitamin C again. Improves intestinal at anastomotic healing. In other words, people who have an anastomosis, um, for example, somebody who has had a colostomy and then had that colostomy reversed, anastomosis is the place where two organs are joined together via either staples or stitches. And what they found is that ascorbic acid, vitamin C, modulates tissue healing that because vitamin C is integral for collagen accumulation, inflammatory response, quote, in fact, what they find that vitamin C supplementation poses as a beneficial treatment in the context of collagen accumulation. So anytime you want the skin to heal, you need some more vitamin C. Inflammatory response, we know that people who take high doses of vitamin C have less inflammation. 
and anastomotic strength. In other words, it improves the healing of the skin and its underlying tissues, all with vitamin C. Interesting research. Well, it's yet another reason to maintain optimal weight. The British journal Gut, an Australian research, took a look at people who had esophageal cancer, finding that if you were obese, that was a huge risk factor for esophageal cancer. And oh, by the way, obesity is a risk factor for breast and prostate and colon cancer as well. And if you develop cancer, you won't do as well with obesity. Well, it's eye-opening information. In fact, previously unreleased figures from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention on the front page of today's uh, New York Times. 27% of children, 29% of adults have cavities that go untreated. Dentist fees are rising, quote, far faster, unquote, than inflation. And more than 100 million people lack dental insurance. So many more people are going without dental care. Because, quote, um, people are more focused in the dental profession on the business rather than the practice of dentistry. So why, quote, the New York Times, it's a boon time for U.S. dentists, unquote, it's not for Americans' teeth. And with the unfolding revelation that um, uh, dental health is a very important risk factor for heart health, or for that matter, total body health, dentist incomes have grown faster than that of the typical American, faster than the income of uh, medical doctors, that the average dentist in 2004 (laughs) made $185,000 that the average dental surgeon salary is $300,000 a year. We want everybody to make as much money as they possibly can. But is it about the business of dentistry or the practice of dental science? We're going to return. It's our Healthy Pet Talk segment. We're going to focus on your pet's skin with Dr. Wacky, veterinarian Dr. Eric Witherspoon, joining us today, 1-800-307-3002, right here on Healthy Talk Radio. I'm Deborah Ray. Changing the face of health care each and every day. Healthy Talk Radio with Deborah Ray. This segment of Healthy Talk Radio is sponsored by Dr. Wacky's Owie Ointment. Funny name, serious medicine. Your first choice for psoriasis, eczema, poison ivy, pimples, rashes, and much, much more. Healthy Pet Talk. We do it on a regular basis here, and most of us uh, don't need to wait for the science, although it very much is there, that we benefit, and we benefit tremendously from the, the love, the attention, oh, just having pets is wonderful, but nothing can drive us more crazy than that incessant itching, dry skin, skin problems. What do we need to know? 
to make informed decisions about caring from, oh, I mean, they give us so much. And joining us today is our resident expert uh, in these uh, matters. If you haven't visited drwackies.com, drwackies.com, and if you're not webified, 1-800-376-1293. 1-800-376-1293. Do it now. Dr. Eric Witherspoon, Dr. Wacky joining us today. Dr. Wacky, hello and welcome. Good morning, Deborah. How are you? Fine. And how many of us have been told by our spouses that incessant itching, scratching is driving me crazy? Oh, I know it. Exactly. <laughs> are, are you talking about the spouse or the dog? <laughs> Get that dog off the bed. Because <laughs> I've known some spouses that have had the problem with their own, uh, with their, with their spouse, not just well, their dog. Well, of course, we'll wind up by saying you can use uh, Dr. Wacky's Owie <laughs> right. remedies for not only your dog, but your husband as well. <laughs> exactly. But you know, that's a good point there, is that humans, uh, we, we may have this reasoning ability that says stop scratching and find a reason for the problem and, and, and you know, treat it somehow. Right. Whether you're going to stop an allergic response by the change in your healthy living habits or you're going to, you know, treat it palliatively with a topical medication. The problem with animals, of course, Deborah, is that, um, they can't reason in, in some ways, you know, and so they're going to continue to scratch. And so it's a vicious, I call it an itch-scratch cycle uh, that, that dogs get into. I'll, I'll use dogs in particular, but dogs and cats and any of the small pets that we have, rabbits and all these other things. And the first thing we have to eliminate when you look at any itching, scratching problem in a pet is an external parasite. This is just oh, an unfortunate... Really? Exactly. This is an unfortunate uh, part of nature's, <laughs> the, the symbiosis of nature. Um, you, you know, given the standard of living that, that uh, particularly in the Western civilized nations, exactly with the USDA and standards of, <clears throat> excuse me, of living, we don't really deal with a whole lot of internal and external parasites on humans. But this is still such a common problem in animals. And the three I'm going to mention that are I know it's terrible to talk about something like this this early in the morning, <laughs> but but fleas, lice, and mites, and, and those three things always have to be eliminated when you're looking at any itching, scratching pet uh, as, as part of the differential diagnosis. And and whether we believe it or not, I mean, no matter how much flea control we try to do, fleas are still the number one cause for that itching, scratching pet, and and it really doesn't take a huge amount. Deborah, it can just be, I mean, what we have to remember, you know the old joke about after an atomic bomb, the only thing that will be left will be cockroaches? Right. Well, well, actually, what I've heard is the cockroaches won't be around because humans won't be around to leave food out on their counters. What will be around will be fleas. Um, They're almost indestructible. Uh, and, and, And I always love this fact. If a human, given our weight and mass, could jump as high as a flea, we would be able to leap from a standstill 20 floors high, 20 stories high. That's the equivalent of a flea, you know, given their weight and their size, being able to jump. So they move quickly, they bite quickly, and uh, uh, what they do, this sounds crazy, is there's an antigen in the flea saliva that actually causes an allergic reaction in dogs and cats and in humans. You know, we get a little wealth sometimes. And, And what will happen is that allergic response triggers a histamine release in the dogs, which makes them itch. 
And I, I'm saying dogs, but, but we're going to talk about pets in general because sure. cats when, and rabbits and pocket pets will have the same. Now, are certain same breeds situation. more susceptible or certain individual animals? Because, you know, we'll, we'll know that we'll have one animal that will scratch incessantly. <laughs> right. Uh, not, not really. Okay. I wish I could say that. Um, you know, it seems maybe, maybe every veterinarian or every dog owner might have their, their own anecdote about this, but I would say that maybe in, in general, I, you know, I want to say, well, maybe small house pets that are more nervous might scratch more, but then, you know, then I see these big hunting dogs or Labradors that chew themselves raw as well. Yeah, yeah. But, but the main thing there is to stop that itch scratch cycle. Um, and it is, you know, stopping the release of histamine. There are a number of ways to do that, either oral or injectable antihistamines, which sometimes really do not have that great an effect, or simply getting rid of the problem, you know, trying to treat the environment and the dog uh, and, and the cat as quickly as you can to get rid of the external parasite. Because I and, worry about, you know, the, these, uh, I mean, since the shake-on pesticide dust, the, the pesticide right. collars, now the pills. Oh, exactly. There's got to be something a little more. Well, exactly, Deborah. And, and, and I think what we need to do as veterinarians um, and, and, as, and as pet owners and as, and as responsible pet companies, we need to begin to look at some of the alternatives. Uh, I mean, as an example, one, one of the, the, the best, uh, natural repellents, um, and I won't say it will kill, but one of the best natural repellents for fleas and similar external parasites is cedar, cedar oil. I mean, we've known this for years, cedar bedding, cedar, uh, uh, you know, people have cedar shavings that they might put in, sure. and that helps repel the, the pests away. Very uh, good. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. Very good. Yeah, and, and another one is uh, we're finding that cedar oil, just in and of itself, especially, which is especially prevalent here in the West Coast, I'm out here in the Northwest, where where we have a lot of uh, uh, cedar oil able to be pressed from, you know, the uh, it's a side product from the from the wood pulp industry. Well, the pure cedar oil, actually diluted um, quite a bit, is a very effective flea dip. Uh, and this is something you talk to your groomer, you talk to your veterinarian about, because there are a lot of people that really do not want to put a lot of chemicals yeah. on their dogs. Now I will give a little plug. Uh, one of the things is uh, one of the products that uh, that has been discovered. Ivermectin is a is a drug that has been used for several years uh, to to kill fleas and other or to help repel them and stuff. Right. And it works a little differently. It's not really a poisonous chemical, Deborah. It, it actually was discovered. Uh, the the main ingredient of ivermectin was discovered on an island off the coast of Japan, probably 20 years ago, and it's a byproduct of a of of, of a soil fungus. So, okay. in a weird way, it's right. kind of a natural sort of thing. It's just the misuse of it, I uh-huh. think, the overuse. And is that by, by prescription? Do we find it? In no, products? no. You can you can purchase ivermectin uh, over the counter, okay. uh, mostly through veterinarians, but a lot of times you can get it through uh, through health and uh, I mean pet stores and. And, and tax stores and stuff. The other natural ingredient I wanted to mention, and this is a, uh, I, I'm sure your, your well-informed listeners will have known this, but I hope others will take heed of this, is neem oil, yes. N-E-E-M. It's from India. It's from a tree indigenous to India called the neem tree, and uh, um, its properties are pretty incredible. And, and if there are gardeners listening out there, they probably have used neem for things like... Um, Killing aphids on their or chasing away aphids from their rose bushes. Um, it's a natural repellent, but it also works by not allowing 
the chitinous skeleton of these pests, of these nice. external parasites, to mature to the next level. So in essence, you begin uh, getting rid of the next generation of pests by not allowing them to reproduce or move on to the next level of their of their development. It's a nice natural way um, to work with something. So uh, again, you're not seeing a whole lot of large companies working with it, but right. I think neem oil is a or neem preparations um, is going to be the next line of natural pest defense for pets. Well, we have somebody who wants to ask you a question. If you can sure. stay with us for just a moment, we'll be back. Healthy Pet Talk, Dr. Wacky joining us today. Dr. Eric Witherspoon, in case you don't get a chance to join us, drwackies.com, 1-800-376-1293. And coming up, Tom Vonderbrink will joining us today talking about starting with ribose for energy production. We invite you to join us at 800-307-3002. Healthy Talk. Radio. I'm Deborah Ray. It's not a big truck. It's, it's a series of tools. Across the country and around the world. Enormous amounts of material. This is TalkZone.com. The information on Healthy Talk Radio may be eye-opening, controversial, and disturbing to some, but it is all well-documented and presented by credentialed guests as well as our knowledgeable host. It may not represent the views of this network, this radio station, or its sponsors, but it might just be good for your health. I'm Deborah Ray. You're listening to Healthy Talk Radio. Before we begin with ribose for energy production with Tom Vonderbrink joining us today from Bioenergy Life Science, um, uh, winding up Dr. Wacky, uh, our regular Healthy Pet Talk segment on a regular uh, basis uh, during this time. And we uh, want to uh, ask John to join us. John, hello and welcome. You're on the air with uh, Dr. Wacky, Dr. Witherspoon. Hi, Dr. Witherspoon and Deborah. Um with Lyme disease and the difficulty I've seen with ticks on dogs, what would you recommend to, to get rid of a dog that brought in a tick, tick infestation into a house? To, to, to get rid of the tick infestation or to get rid of the dog? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I felt like that. Exactly. It's really, uh, you know, Lyme's really difficult. It is very difficult, and ticks are one of the most insidious of the pests. You know, they're attracted to the heat, you know, so so uh, when, a, when a dog is walking through the woods or whatever, that's when they drop on them and stuff. Um, How it happens. Exactly. And, and then, of course, um, usually they're engorged, and, and you never know if they're going to drop off in the household. You know, I, I hate to say this, and here we are in a natural um, talk radio, as much as we possibly can looking for natural repellences for these guys, but ticks are, are even more insidious than, uh, um, than the fleas simply because of the number of diseases that they carry, and in the United States at least. Uh, and and the, the, there are topical applications, you know, some of them are called frontline and advantage, uh, that are taken up through through the, uh, the blood system by the dog. They're absorbed through the skin and then go back out. So, so when the flea or the tick bites, um, it, they take in the medication and, and it kills them. Um, uh, what one has to do is look at those, talk with your veterinarian about what we call the LD50 or how, how dangerous that is to certain to certain uh, to certain pets. So far, it, those have been the safest and most effective of the uh, pharmaceutical treatments for for ticks and fleas. Um, you know, putting on there are certain sprays like the cedar oil. It again repels ticks, um, not like fleas, which will jump away, but basically they don't want to come down around any of the terpene types oils. So, so cedar oil. You know, some people will use a uh, a tea tree oil spray, a 
there again in any of those you need to make sure that you're using a less than 10% concentration of any of the terpenes um, I wish I had a better answer for you for ticks uh, you know that, that that analogy I did about the atomic bomb probably ticks will be around too <laughs> ticks and fleas will, will rule the world so, so we'll have fra- uh, fragrant pets th- from here on out John Right. Do you think that uh, Lyme disease might be a, a it's, I guess it's really hard to diagnose it. I think it might be a, a bigger problem than, than what people realize. So oh, I what, what do you think, Deborah Ray or Doctor? I absolutely agree with, and, and I'm going to answer for for, for veterinarians, okay, for, for pets. I, I really don't have an answer for the human uh, population here. But, you know, Lyme's disease was just pretty much an East Coast problem for a long time. And now if you look, if we look at a chart of, um, of, of dogs and and uh, that are affected by Lyme's disease, it, it's spread across the United States. And, of course, the problem with it is is that the, um, uh, it, it's very difficult to get rid of all the ticks in the United States. We can't do that. And the, and the Lyme's disease is, uh, is an insidious... Uh, uh, it, it is very difficult to diagnose, although now we have a very simple uh, Lyme's test that we can run. We can draw blood on a dog and look for a titer on that right away. And if it's anything that we suspect, that's one of the very first things that we do, one of the first diagnostic tests. So part two. John, thanks for your question. Uh, Let's continue this, Dr. Wacky. Okay. All right. Thank you so much. Dr. Wacky joining us today. Dr. Wacky's Alwi, drwackys.com. If you missed anything, 1-800-376-1293. Well, the book revised and updated. And as Dr. Hyla Cass says in her testimonials, if you can read just one book, just one book on chronic fatigue syndrome and fibromyalgia, this is absolutely the one I'd recommend. The completely revised third edition from Fatigue to Fantastic. And joining us today to talk about beginning with ribose for energy production is Tom Vonderbrink from Bioenergy Life Science. Tom, hello and welcome. Well, good morning, Deborah. Dr. Jacob Teitelbaum. He continues, uh, Medical Director of the Chronic Fatigue uh, uh, Centers of America, to really change the whole specter. Um, recently joining us on the air to talk about this newly published book, talking about the now just, I mean, the incidence of chronic fatigue syndrome and fibromyalgia is going up, Tom. Exactly right. Uh, you know, d- depending on what study you listen to, uh <coughs> Excuse me. The, uh, the 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 incidence could be as many is approaching seven to ten million people in the United States, and almost nine percent of the population uh, worldwide, out of a study out of Europe, uh, have these same uh, symptoms of fibromyalgia. Very difficult disease to diagnose. Uh, so there's a lot of people that that are walking around with this that have no idea that they have this syndrome of either chronic fatigue or fibromyalgia. And many patients, as you and I both know, uh, Tom, uh, from our backgrounds in conventional medicine, who are treated symptomatically, who don't begin with rivals. Talk with us about Dr. Teitelbaum's uh, uh, significant change in his, his book, From Fatigue to Fantastic, Beginning with Ribos, Tom. Well, you know, the going back to the first point on on the the, the traditional, most people with fibromyalgia end up going to nine doctors before they get the correct diagnosis. Nine doctors. Okay. And uh, you know, and I have talked to these people. I have talked to people who have been nine, ten, fifteen, twenty doctors, 
and they they get well you know it's all in your head let's give you some antidepressants let's give you some uh, some uh, pain medication whether it be you know NSAIDs or some of the COX-2 inhibitors and go home and don't and don't bother me anymore but one of the things that that Dr. Teitelbaum has found and uh, he he I know we have been talking with Dr. Teitelbaum for the last two and a half years now. And he has always believed that this disease is an energy crisis, that it, that it, that, that, that some of the problems that are caused are all related to this lack of energy. And he believed that, but uh, as, as I'm finding out as I go around talking to many physicians, a lot of people understand about energy crisis energy depletion but most of the time they don't understand how to make it repair or rebuild that energy store and that's really what ribose does ribose is the building block of this energy molecule in our body called atp and atp is what drives all of the energy uh that that, that we have and uh, our company our only technology revolves around uh, ribose so we have looked very uh, closely at, at how it interplays in this production. Not only is it the backbone of the ATP molecule, but it is the driver of how quickly that molecule can be replaced or rebuilt after it's been depleted. And everybody understands depletion of, of, of energy. We get tired, you know, we get stiff, uh, we, 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 we lose that get up and go, but we don't understand how to fix the problem. And that's really where ribose comes in because there are two sides of this energy equation that um, uh, occurs in our body. One is this constant turnover of this ATP molecule that has to happen. But the other one is just how much ATP we have. And everything out there that we hear about that drives energy looks at helping the turnover of energy instead of rebuilding the actual fuel that is turning over. Well, let's talk about energy in a little more detail uh, for a moment, particularly relating to, to ribose, Tom, because what Dr. Teitelbaum, um, uh, who recently joined us to talk about this revised third edition of From Fatigue to Fantastic, the significant changes beginning with ribose, is that you know now this, this appreciation that it takes energy to sleep, <laughs> to have muscles relax. You're exactly right. I mean, nothing occurs in our bodies without energy, whether it's transporting food out of the gut into the um, circulatory system, whether it's trans, it, it's utilizing that fuel. None of that happens without, without energy. And one of the interesting things that you talk about is this, this amount of energy that's need to relax our muscles. It actually takes more energy to relax the muscle than it does to contract that muscle. Kind of like a mouse trap. It takes a lot of energy to open that and set the mouse trap up and you kind of create that, the, the spring that snaps shut. And that's kind of how our muscles work. But we don't appreciate that this energy depletion is really causing not only the pain, stiffness, soreness, inability to sleep, but it is making it harder for everything else the doctor is trying to do to try to treat your disease because whether it's other nutritional supplements, whether it's vitamins, minerals, other types of therapies, even massage, 
you know, in in um, uh, massage therapy, that will tend to loosen those muscles up. But if you don't have enough energy, they will just tighten back up. But all of those things take energy. And one of the, you know, the, the hallmarks, you, you talked about, you know, the difficulty to diagnose chronic f- uh, fatigue syndrome and fibromyalgia are those points of exquisite tenderness. And everybody who has um, had been diagnosed, uh, you know, deals with fibromyalgia or chronic fatigue syndrome knows those exquisite uh, trigger points where those muscles can't relax, and it also almost you know almost feels. I, mean, I know you talk to the doctors in these arenas, uh, Tom, that it's a knot in a patient's muscle. You, you know, the, those knots are really you know the, are, are muscles that are locked in this shortened position. They they have lost their energy, and when muscles lose their energy, they can't relax, so they get shortened. It's just like a cramp that you know if we mm-hmm. go out and we work in the yard. We get a cramp on our leg. It's just like writer's cramp. When we write a lot of times and we get this writer's cramp, it's the energy that has been depleted, and it causes those muscles to to, to get locked in that sh- shortened position, which makes for these knots. And that's really the, the whole premise behind ribose, is to give these tissues, give these muscle cells, even heart cells, rebuild the energy so that they have that ability to relax they have the ability to maintain cell stasis, the moving in and moving out of nutrients and and things in and out of that cell. So given the fact that doctors are show me, show me the science, give us an overview of the science that showed, that proved to Dr. Teitelbaum that it is significant to begin with ribose, Tom. Well, there is, we have over 130 different research studies uh, looking at ribose and looking at how quickly they rebuild this ATP, looking at specific disease states like congestive heart failure where we have significant improvement in diastolic function. But the real study was Dr. Teitelbaum's own study that he did where he took people with fibromyalgia. He gave them Corvalin, which is our brand of ribose, he told them to take three servings a day, which is five grams, for for the course of one jar. And uh, that was about 16 days. And he measured their sleep quality. He measured their uh, fatigue. He measured their pain. He measured their mental clarity. And he measured their uh, quality of life from the beginning to the, um, to the end. Mm-hmm. And um, the... Um, what he found was that in 66% of these patients, he had a significant improvement in all five of these categories where people felt better. Mm-hmm. And the average onset of action was just 12 days, which is very significant because most of the things you do with fibromyalgia mm-hmm. patients or chronic fatigue are things that take months you know, to, to, to years sometimes before you have the effect. But with this simple little five-carbon carbohydrate, he was getting significant improvement in these five criteria in just 12 days. So when you talk, Tom, about you know getting ribose to these patients who are chronically energy-starved, whose muscles are, are locked and unable to, to relax, who can't sleep, who have these trigger points, uh, how, how is ribose dispensed? How did they get ribose? 
Well, I mean, our 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 company basically distributes all the ribose in the United States. Our products, we have two products. One is Corvalin, one is Corvalin M. The only difference is the Corvalin M will have some magnesium and malic acid. People can call a toll-free number. Uh, they can, um, uh, the toll-free number is 866-267-8253. Call, they can have it shipped right to them. In fact, if they mention uh, the Deborah Ray show, um, they'll, they'll get 20% off their first order. Or they can log on to a website, which is Corvalen, C-O-R-V-A-L-E-N.com, and they can order that product there. The promotional code that they can use to get your discount would be just Deborah, D-E-B-O-R-A-H. And it, it's a powder. Uh, you can mix it into juice, you can sprinkle it on cereal, you can put it in fruit, uh, you can put it in just about any beverage. And for fibromyalgia patients, dose is very important. You Tom, need don't want to wanna, take... don't wanna miss a minute. Just hold okay. right there on that thought. They're going to have to come back to learn more about the dose with Tom Bonderbrink joining us today. Dr. Jacob Teitelbaum's book, third edition, revised from fatigue to fantastic, beginning with ribose. We invite you to join us at 800-307-3002. Twice the fiber and half the fat of regular talk shows. Healthy Talk Radio with Deborah Ray. Tom Vonderbrink joining us today, the COO of Bioenergy Life Science. We're talking about the mounting science behind D-Ribose, behind Corvalin, and the significant change. Um, Dr. Jacob Teitelbaum, who is a well-known research scientist and physician in the arena of chronic fatigue syndrome and fibromyalgia, has recently revised, in fact, the third edition of From Fatigue to Fantastic, his book about not only his personal, his clinical, his research interests in chronic fatigue syndrome and fibromyalgia, now speaking of beginning with ribose. And we talked about dose matters, Tom. Yeah, dose is very, very important. Um, ribose is um, a carbohydrate. It's going to be rapidly absorbed. You want to space out your doses. But in fibromyalgia, you got to get the right dose because these muscles, especially in these trigger points, which are normally at the extremities of the body, and they are surrounded by these tightened muscles, don't get very much blood flow. So you want to make sure you get the dose. So three times a day, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, take five grams of ribose, put it in any beverage you're drinking, uh, take it with meals is the best way. It doesn't have to be, but that's how we recommend it. Um, and uh, take the, do that for at least 14 days. At the end of 14 days, you should feel some of the uh, the improvements in sleep, in pain, and fatigue, and in overall quality of life. Um, you know, if you're just a, a normal exerciser, one one dose right before you begin exercise, and one dose right after uh, will uh, help you recover faster. Will help you manage the amount of energy you lose during that exercise and you'll you'll feel the difference the next day you won't be in st- as stiff and sore but the uh, dose is very important congestive heart failure heart failure patients should be you know two to three doses a day with meals so i hear the weather's going to be nice mm-hmm. uh, out on the golf course uh, time for ribose tom oh yes i, have, I mean <laughs> I, I i take it every day and i'll i'll take it two or three times uh if I'm going to have a, a, a in a day, if I'm going to be real busy, if I'm going to go out and uh, 
play golf for uh, this weekend. I think it's all working in the yard. It's starting to clean up. So oh, there we go. Um, my ribose to my Corvalin jar will be out. And mine was as well. My personal trainer recommended it when I got back in the gym with a personal trainer. Oh, thank you. What a difference it made. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you, you really feel the difference yeah. the next day. Uh, you, you feel the difference the day because you don't get as tired. You won't run out of gas as quick. But that next day, you know, we've all woken up after a big day in the yard or oh. 36 holes of golf right. and we, you know, can't get out of bed and... Yeah, this significantly helps them. And as Dr. Tadabong well says, beginning with ribose. Tom, always a privilege and pleasure. Thanks so much. Thank you. Tom Vonderbrink joining us uh, today. If you missed that website to read about the research, www.corvalen, C-O-R-V-A-L-E-N.com. The phone number, toll-free, 1-866-CORVALEN. Our thanks to Tom, our thanks to you, and Deborah reminding you, live long, stay healthy.